The show you love with even more local, local news, news and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Friday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas with you, your concierge for conversation as we navigate through or around at least the issues of the day that affect you and me right here in California. Thanks so much for joining us today. Wow. What a week it has been. A lot to talk about. And remember, this is What's on Your Mind Friday. If there are topics you would have liked to have talked about earlier this week, we didn't get to them Fridays of the day. Or if uh, we talked about a topic and you did not get to weigh in on it, again, Friday we open the phones and uh, find out what's on your mind. So it's What's on Your Mind Friday, our telephone number here, 209 551 3483. 209 551 3483. Much of our week this week devoted to the elections. And of course, on uh, Wednesday, and we also had some calling in yesterday as well, we gave candidates about 60 seconds to tell us who they are, what they're running for, and why folks should vote for them. If you'd like to uh, share some of your impressions about some of those conversations with those candidates, again, happy to take your call today as well. Our phone number 209 551 3483. By the way, here's a Mike Douglas Show public service announcement. If any of you are commuters between uh, Riverbank and Ripon, or Ripon and Riverbank, either way, on River Road, my advice to you find another route. <laughs> Highway 120, maybe, or the freeway. River Road is a nightmare right now, especially as uh, you head out uh, west from Riverbank. You get out there near old Murphy Road or so. There, uh, I, I guess, maybe a mile and a half to two miles of road construction going on. I had to get to a doctor's appointment this morning, and I sat for a good 10, 15 minutes before the pilot truck. Uh, got to uh, to us and and moved us through. So, again, if you're a commuter uh, in that area between uh, Ripon and Riverbank, probably best to avoid River Road at least for the time being. Want to follow up very quickly on a question one of our callers asked yesterday, and we said that we would follow up on that, and that's regarding uh, if uh, if you're able, at least in Stanislaus County. If you're able to go to a polling place and receive a new ballot, and uh, the answer apparently is yes, you have to do that at one of their vote centers. And if you go online to the Stanislaus County Registrar of Voters website, uh, they list the vote centers, the times that are open. Now, if you are not in Stanislaus County, and of course our radio signal covers many other counties as well, I encourage you to check your registrar of voters in your county. If you would like to vote in person and you want a new ballot, as far as I, uh, as I know, at least in Stanislaus County, yes, you can receive a, a new ballot. Uh, some vote centers are only open on certain dates, uh, most of them opened up in Stanislaus County anyway on May 28th. Uh, so there are some that are now open, some that will be closing, others that will be opening up. You really need to check uh, for your local 
County. But uh, the answer is uh, yes, uh, you you can do that. Uh, the pilot truck, and producer Mike says he wants to drive one of those pilot trucks. Have you seen those? I don't want to be in that pilot truck because everybody's mad at him. I, I, I was watching today, and again, I, we were sitting there for a good 10, and I was watching my watch, 10 to 15 minutes, and uh, pe- people were uh, shooting they weren't saying anything, and they weren't making rude gestures or anything, but they, they were not happy uh, with that pilot truck driver. They were happy once he finally showed up and <clears throat> got the line going. But uh, So anyway, River Road between uh, Riverbank and, and Ripon or vice versa, my recommendation to uh, stay away. Hey, two quotes. Two quotes I'd like to give to you, and this is because... Uh, this is something that we've brought up as we're discussing uh, the recent uh, mass shootings and the suspects involved and the real solutions to that. We've been talking a lot about family, the family, a healthy family unit being a, solu- a solution to that. Two quotes I want to run by you today, and I, I like both of them. The first from uh, Senator Mike Lee, Senator Mike Lee, he says, why is our culture suddenly producing so many young men who want to murder innocent people? Could things like fatherlessness, the breakdown of families, isolation from civil society, or the glorification of violence be contributing factors? Do you like that? We've talked about, in fact, you have brought up some of those issues Uh, this past week. And then Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says this, if every kid in America had a loving father in the home, we would have far, far fewer problems that we would have to deal with as a society. I do think there are a lot of problems, but if you could just snap your finger and do one thing, and you did this where the fathers were in the home, you would not even need to worry about a lot of these other problems. Again, that from Governor Ron DeSantis. So I agree with Mike Lee and Governor DeSantis. I think uh, family unit, healthy fathers in the home, being active fathers, all important involved uh, and all important aspect of uh, resolving this issue we have right now of young men apparently with murder on their mind. All right, it is What's on Your Mind Friday. Our number here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Let's go to Mike and Modesto. What's on your mind today? Well, uh, hello, uh, Mike. Um, um, I'm calling about the candidates that you invited to call in, not yesterday, but the day before. And uh, you... Uh, had taken a call from a guy, I'm going to mess up his name, but it's Yabara. Yabara. He he was running for representative, uh, 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 House of Representatives, or or whatever the position is for the state of California. He mentioned, I guess, his topic of concern was um, the fact that schools, of course, were being shot up, and that that, uh, his, his opponent, whoever that may be, I don't know who he's talking about, has um, has not uh, has not pushed for making schools um, um, a gun-free zone. Okay, gun-free zone. So my question, and I hope this Mr. Yabara is 
listening, and I hope I'm not getting his name wrong. I mean no disrespect. But um, I think that that the problem is uh, the people uh, that use the guns, not the guns. So my question to this individual, and I'm speaking to him right now, I ho- I'm sure he's listening, uh, is that how do you intend to keep these things from happening if you make a school a gun-free zone? That's like hanging a sign if you're a burglar, hanging a sign on, on, on each house, a house that has weapons in it that could potentially stop you from your objective or, um, or guns that, uh, that don't have any weapons in them. So it, it, what his, his main um, objective was actually counterproductive to what uh, his, his, uh, to what his uh, uh, plight is, right, with the school, with the school shootings. So uh I, I i i don't understand where these where these people come from it makes no sense to me at all and and before you say anything and i'm going to let you go so other people can call but down at the dmv we have a guard i think an armed guard and someone correct me if i'm wrong that can funds there can can be allocated for uh, an armed guard at the dmv for what reason i'm not sure um, but in schools, we have to make them a gun-free zone. I, I, I'm trying to grasp where, where the logic is with all that. Mike, I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. I, I think you're referring to Phil Arbayo, uh, I believe, is uh, the candidate oh, yeah. that you're talking about, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And uh, I, I agree with yeah. you. You know, the, this, and, and uh, Mike, I think it's, it's an emotional response to the issue the emotional response is get gun, make it a gun-free zone, and kids won't get won't get killed. Well, it's the lawbreakers that break the law. The people that are abiding by the law, oh, they're not bringing their guns. And the problem is when you have a suspect bearing a gun who is there to uh, defend against it. So, uh, Mike, I, I agree with your observation there. Uh, we we need to rethink that in logical terms and not just uh, emotional yeah. terms, right? Yeah, one one quick thing. If someone in your house got shot, okay, and you had no guns in your house, and God forbid, you're a great guy. I, I'm only using that as a metaphor. But if that happened, I mean, probably one of the first changes anybody would make is to say, I'm not going to get caught flat-footed again, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take every precaution I can to make sure that that doesn't happen. And so you're either going to get a dog or you're going to get a gun. You know, you're going to get some way. Why would you not do that in a school? This guy came right in. Someone held the door for him. He was he had free reign. He knew nobody was going to shoot back at him. I just I it's and this <laughs> I don't know this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The it, Democrats. Sometimes Mike, amazing. I think one of the big issues here right. is deterrence. What deterrence do we have? If nobody is armed at the school, uh, what deterrent is there from someone going and thinking that they can shoot it up? If they think there might be some pushback, if they think that uh, they might encounter resistance, uh, that's a whole different story. So, Mike, I'm, I'm 100% aligned with you yeah. on that whole issue. Thanks for the call. Uh, Mike, I, I'm going to ask you, if you don't mind, Thank can you hold? If you don't mind holding, uh, producer Mike would oh, like I- to talk to you just for a second. Uh, and and Mike and Modesto brings up a subject I was 
Tell you what, let me bring that up in three minutes because there's an interesting bill being sent to the governor of Ohio that addresses this very thing. Our uh, former FBI agent Bob DeKlinski just made me aware of this. I'll talk about that in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's more with the voice of the valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and streamed on the iHeartRadio app. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show on What's On Your Mind Friday. Our telephone number, 209-551-3483. Friday's your day to tell us what's on your mind. Monday through Thursday, we like to keep the calls focused on the topics we're talking about. Friday, though, it's what's on your mind. We want to know about that, 209-551-3483. And again, uh, I found it fascinating, both Wednesday and Thursday, the candidates that had called in. We we issued an open invitation to candidates to call in on Wednesday and give us uh, about a 60-second overview of what the issues they were concerned about and why folks should vote for them. And uh, then a a few that could not make it on uh, Wednesday called yesterday. I found that very valuable. Uh, Some good insights into some of the candidates. If you'd like to give us your insights into what you heard from some of the candidates, as uh, Mike from Modesto did a couple of minutes ago, our number 209-551-3483. Well, as Mike from Modesto was was talking, there is a bill now on uh, the governor's desk in Ohio, Mike DeWine, uh, the governor, and he said he's probably going to uh, sign this bill. Both the Assembly and the Senate in Ohio have passed a bill, I believe it's, uh, let's see, HB 99, and it's designed to allow teachers and other staff to be armed with guns in schools once they've completed a set amount of initial training. And they're hoping, of course, this will reduce the frequency and uh, the deadliness of school shootings. And and really, this bill, I, I believe, I'm doing this from memory, uh, this bill had been dormant for a while but was reintroduced after... Uh, after the uh, shooting in Uvalde. So, very interesting, that bill uh, up before Ohio's governor uh, right now. All right, let's go back to the phones on What's on Your Mind Friday, 209-551-3483. And uh, Jenny Ray, what are your thoughts today? What's on your mind? Well, I just want to talk a little bit about keeping our kids safe. I've got two kids that are in public school, and I know that a lot of the conversation has shifted to guns and gun control, and Gavin Newsom has proposed some new gun control measures. We have, I think, five new bills that are now going through the assembly related to gun control in California. And, um, you know, one of the things that really troubles me is when politicians do things that don't make our kids more safe. And this bothered me during the pandemic, and this is bothering me related to guns, because I, more than anybody, when I send my kids to my public school, want them to be safe. I want them to come home at the end of the day, and I want everybody's kids to have that privilege. Um, but, but these kind of conversations you know, around expanding gun-free zones, for example, which don't work, 98% of mass public shootings have occurred in places where citizens are banned from having guns. 
um, you know, these, these are the kinds of issues that I see are political posturing and not actual problem solving. And I think that we should actually be having a conversation now about the second part of gun violence, not the guns, but the violence. That's what I would really love to talk about. Absolutely. Uh, Jenny, I think we've uh, we've avoided the real causes. And, and forgive me for using this word, but it, it's what comes to mind. We go for the, the sexy, emotional headline. One that grabs uh, the headlines, grabs the woke press, and it, 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 it's not addressing the real issues involved. So I, uh, I align with you on your assessment of the fact we're, we're looking at the wrong things. By the way, uh, uh, we're talking with Jenny Ray. Uh, apparently yesterday up in Sacramento, legislators, uh, legislators introduced a bill aimed at upping the punishment for people who try to commit violent felonies at churches and schools. Apparently, they're looking at adding uh, an extra two to four years for felonies, including manslaughter, mayhem, kidnapping, robbery, carjacking, rape, and an extra 10 years for the commission or attempted commission of murder. That sounds good to me. Jenny doesn't deal with the actual problem, though, in my mind. Hello, Jenny. Are you there? All right, I think we've uh, lost Jenny, or her cell phone has gone the way of the buffalo, it looks like. Too bad. I, I enjoyed the first part of her conversation. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the issue that she's bringing up is these gun-free zones really don't make a whole lot of difference, do they? In fact, I think they are counterproductive, going back to Jenny's comments there. Uh, I am all for what Ohio is doing and apparently what their governor, uh, Mike DeWine, is about to sign. And that's a bill specifically addressing uh, the need to provide training and authorization for uh, people to be armed, those that would like to uh, be armed in schools. Again, I come back to this issue of deterrence. Someone sees this is a gun-free zone, whether it's a school or uh, church, uh, I don't care, wherever it is, homeowners association, you name it. Saying it's a gun-free zone only lets the criminal know, the bad guy or gal, the person with homicide, murder, or a murder-suicide on their mind, it lets them know, I will receive zero resistance here. It just makes absolutely uh, no sense. And again, I think uh, Jenny Ray there from Irvine uh, had a had a good take on that. Our number here, 209-551-3483. I'm all for arming properly trained volunteers in schools. How about you? You think that would be a good deterrent? 209-551-3483 here on What's on Your Mind Friday. Again, uh, we'll be taking uh, your calls today, topics maybe that we haven't talked about that you would like to talk about. We'll continue that conversation in five minutes here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Follow us 
on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation here at the end of the week on What's on Your Mind Friday. Again, uh, Friday's our day to have you call in, talk about topics maybe we have not covered during the week or to react to topics you did hear about. And especially this week, if you would like to respond to uh, some of the candidates and their statements that you heard, today's the day, 209-551-3483. I have a comment, and this relates, and I'm not going to play the uh, audio from President Biden yesterday. I just, uh, I'm, I've, I've had my fill of the spin, to be honest with you. I've extended a lot of grace to this administration, and I'm, I'm running out of it. Uh, speak forthrightly, speak truth, not spin, and we're not hearing that, and so I'm not going to play his comments. However, uh, he did uh, talk about the fact that uh, banning assault weapons and, and such works, and uh, if you remember that, he... Um, he made uh, the support, uh, let's see, what did he say? Uh, there are rational common sense measures. Uh, we should reinstate the assault weapons ban, uh, high capacity magazines that we passed in 1994 with bipartisan support in Congress and the support of law enforcement. Well, let, me, uh, let me push back a little bit on that. There was a 2004 Department of Justice study from the University of Pennsylvania Center of Criminology that concluded this, that the assault weapon ban cannot be credited with a decrease of violence carried out with firearms. By the way, the report of that, uh, the, the title of that report is An Updated Assessment of the Federal Assault Weapons Ban Impacts on Gun Markets and Gun Violence from 1994 to 2003. Now, here's a quote from the report. We cannot clearly credit the ban with any of the nation's recent drop in gun violence. And indeed, there has been no discernible reduction in the lethality and injuriousness of gun violence based on indicators like percentage of gun crimes resulting in death or the share of gunfire incidents resulting in uh, injury. Uh, also went on to say the ban's impact on gun violence is likely to be small at best and perhaps too small for reliable measurement. Assault weapons were used in no more than 8% of gun crimes even before the ban. So again, why did I bring that up? Because we're fed so much spin. We're, spe- we're fed so many half-truths. And to me, a half-truth is not, uh, is not truth at all. In fact, let's go back to 1985. Let me give you a quote, and by a raise of hands, you can, uh, you can vote on who do you think issued this quote. He was a senator back in July of 1985. He said this, <clears throat> During my 12 and a half years as a member of this body, meaning the U.S. Senate, I have never believed that additional gun control or federal registration of guns would reduce crime. I am convinced that a criminal who wants a firearm can get one through illegal, non-traceable, 
unregistered sources, with or without gun control, in my opinion, a national register or ban of handguns would be impossible to carry out and may not result in reductions in crime. Who's that quote, quote from? Senator Joe Biden, back in July 1985. All right, it's What's on Your Mind Friday, 209-551-3483. Let's go to Modesto and Kevin. Hi, Kevin, what's on your mind today? Hey, Mike. Yeah, how you doing? Okay, I'm going to discuss the teacher in the classroom with the gun issue without going into the politics of it. I'm not even talking about the politics or the Second Amendment or anything like that. I am a retired teacher, and I I still work. I do other things now, but I'm I'm, I'm not retired. I still work full time, but in a different profession. But anyway, what I was going to say was that it's impractical for a teacher to be expected to carry a firearm in a classroom because of the fact that you're dealing with children. You're going to have to have the gun locked up in some sort of gun, some sort of really safe. Safe. Uh, we've been done, but a safe, safe, a safe that cannot be opened easily at all. You know, uh, and then you're, like the the teacher, if something were to happen, the teacher would be having to undo that safe. Imagine the teacher going to a safe and trying to, oh, what's the combination again? Oh, uh, and, and and all of that while they got a, a guy with a gun. It's just, it's just impractical. It's not the teacher's not going to be able to wear the gun walking around the classroom, and that the access to the gun will be will be a major major problem getting the gun out. And then the other thing is that um, teachers tend to be, especially female teachers, generally teachers tend to be nurturing. They're not the kind. They're not the same kind of a personality as a person who walks around with a gun. It's it, it, it's a different personality set. And 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 I think the problem is, again, the impracticality of it. You're only going to be appealing to a certain element of the population that's going to want to be both a teacher and a law enforcement officer and the same person. You're not going to find many people who are going to want to do that. So I think it's impractical uh, to do it. Well, so. yeah, l- let me uh, let me react to that, Kevin, and, and maybe on the second part. I, I don't I don't think that anyone who is not comfortable with guns should ever ever carry one. And so your your thesis being there, especially many of the fe- uh, female uh, teachers being very nurturing, would not naturally do that. I agree. If if you're not comfortable carrying one or having access to one, especially in the context of a school, you shouldn't do that. Uh, go, going back to your first question, I think under the scenario that you present, yes, I would say that's unrealistic. The scenario, I think, that would probably be intended in Ohio and in some of these other uh, states that would, and I don't think California would probably do this, but in other states as well, would the, be it would either be open carry or concealed carry. Uh, because I agree with you, if the gun is locked up, it is of absolutely no use. 
absolutely no use yeah. Yeah. to the person yeah. who is. I I agree with yeah. you one hundred percent on that. So I think, uh, Kevin, probably it, it would be it. And I I don't know. I haven't. I have. I have the Ohio bill, Kevin. It's 77 pages. <laughs> I got it just before airtime. So I haven't had time to, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> haven't okay. had time to, to okay. read through it. Otherwise, I n- never would have gotten on the air. But anyway, I have it. I will read through it. And it'll be interesting. And, and I'll watch, Kevin, because you bring that up. I'll, I'll watch to see if it's detailed, whether it is uh, concealed carry, open carry, or having to be uh, having to be uh, locked up. So I, I think that'll be an interesting um, an interesting wrinkle there. But I, I do agree with you. If it's locked in a safe somewhere, uh, it is of absolutely uh, absolutely no use at all. Hey Kevin, thanks so much. Appreciate Thank your you, call today. All right, have a great weekend, Kevin. You too. Thank you. All right, Kevin from Modesto uh, again presenting two theses. There, one is uh, he's saying, well, if if the if the rules are or the law is that the gun has to be locked up, uh, then it would be a liability, really. And I, I agree with him on that. And he's saying he feels that a lot of teachers have a nurturing spirit and uh, would not want to carry. I agree with that as well. And, and to, to the point that only teachers or volunteers who can check the box saying, if someone's life or my life is threatened... I will pull the trigger, and I am willing to kill the suspect who is the threat. If you can't check that box, if you have doubts about that, no business carrying a gun. So I'll agree with you uh, to that point. I'm I'm wondering, though, if uh, these laws may lean towards either a CCW situation, carrying a concealed weapon where the teacher's going to have to have like a uh, a loose shirt over the gun or a, a coat or something like that, uh, or open carry. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. And I'll check that. Uh, won't get to, to it today, probably, but I'll check that Ohio all law, all 77 pages of it, and see what they're uh, doing as a model. All right, what's on your mind Friday continues in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion, a minister with manners. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to What's on Your Mind Friday on the Mike Douglas Show, 209-551-3483. Let's go very quickly to Carl and Modesto. Hi, Carl. What's on your mind today? Hi, Mike. Um, I was listening to the previous caller and you know, he's got some valid points, but there are other perspectives that Blino have. Um, one, as far as those laws go, none of them are going to require teachers to carry firearms. Um, they're going to allow them to. And another point he had was how fast they could access it. Um, if it's not uh, concealed carry or open carry and it is in a lockbox or what have you, that firearm is not going to stay in that box on the end, you know, until a teacher needs it. That lockbox is going to hold that gun during the day, and that teacher is going to remove at night, put it back the next morning, or whatever lock mechanism. Uh, there is, whether it be a combination or a key, it's going to be used frequently. I'm not worried about them 
fumbling around and forgetting something. And if a shooter doesn't know which teachers are getting, you know, let's say they come into my classroom, I don't have a firearm with me to protect the children. Um, Maybe my next door neighbor teacher is going to hear a commotion and they're going to intervene and stop before something gets as bad as what happened the other day in Uvalde. Um, nothing, you know, as far as, you know, some people not wanting to uh, have a role of law enforcement officer or agent, that's true. But, you know, we've got things in our culture we call tiger moms and, you know, all of these uh, overprotected people that, you know, one with a danger and the commando in them is going to come out. So not yeah. everybody's like that, but some people are. And I think that uh, a teacher does have a sense of protection for his or her pupils. Some of those teachers are going to want to uh, participate or be able to participate in, you know, a more, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say lethal, but more effective means of protecting kids when somebody dangerous shows up on campus right carl i i think it it. i yeah i think it depends on the wiring uh of the teacher and i think you made a good point Uh, it has to be those who volunteer and have a passion uh to be in that role carl thanks for the call appreciate that very much on the line with us is the voice of the Stockton Heat, Mark Benetti. Wow, Mark, uh, three shutouts in four games uh, this past week. The Heat are hot. Uh, tell us about what to expect tonight and over the next couple of days. Well, thanks again for having me, Mike. Uh, yeah, what a special run this is for this Heat team. I know we had mentioned last week that... <laughs> Excuse me. That this is... <laughs> Wow, I had a frog stuck in my throat. i got to get that out of the way. Glad it's not a hockey puck. On the air tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, right? Um, no, last week was so special. We were talking about how, uh, unfortunately, that the team isn't coming back to Stockton. So, for this being a last year, why not make a heck of a run like this? You know, last week against Colorado, they did it so well, defensively suffocating Colorado, one of the hottest offenses in the bracket, as you and I had had talked about last week and and a team with a lot of resilience that had a response in game three going into game four and so you know the, the team it, it comes down to Dustin Wolf in between the pipes he did a fantastic job all the last week you know the poor guy in the regular season in 47 starts let up only one goal 17 times and I want to say five or six of those games he carried a shutout in the last four minutes and unfortunately a greaser or just an unlucky bounce would get right by him and it would wipe his shutout out and then he gets into this round of the playoffs where he finds somehow finds another level. The reigning goaltender of the year finds another level and stops the hottest offense cold in its tracks. All three wins are shutouts. He's only the third goaltender in American Hockey League history to pull off a feat where every win in a playoff series is a shutout. It's absolutely ridiculous. But, uh, you know, kudos to him. Kudos to the five-man unit in front of him committing to defense, blocking shots, and staying on top of their opponent. And, and now it sets up a date here in game one of the Western Conference Finals tonight against the best team in the regular season in the Chicago Wolves. So it's a very exciting time to be a fan and a member of the Stockton Heat family. 
Isn't it interesting how some athletes, uh, Mark, rise to the occasion? Dustin Wolf talking about that. And I, am I right? And I think it was uh, over the first two games, maybe he made like something like 40 saves in those two games. So in the first two games, he made 50 total saves. He shot out Colorado in a 5 nothing win, 23 saves. And in game two, it was a one nothing win, 27 saves shot out. Game four, to seal the deal, he stopped 40. So over three wins, Mike, in shutout fashion, he stopped almost 100 total pucks in those shutout wins. It's absolutely remarkable. 90 total saves, 23, 27, and 40. And, and another thing to keep in mind here, too, Mike, you talk about the pressure and rising to the occasion. Two of those wins were one nothing wins. Right. I mean, that's the most nail-biting hockey you can get in the postseason unless you go into overtime and it's just a back-and-forth affair where both goaltenders are playing lights out. And they were two one nothing wins in that series. So, again, kudos to him. And you know, while we're on the topic of people stepping up, how about Justin Kirkland? He, he rips off six points in the series, four goals and two assists. He scored all three game winners. In both one nothing games, he provided the only goal. And in the 5 nothing game, he provided the first goal of the contest, which in a shutout ends up being the game-winning goal. So four goals in that series against Colorado, when three of them won the game, number 23 stood out in the, in the best way possible and really helped push the offense in front of Dustin and the rest of the defense for and in game three, uh, n- not a blowout at all. It was six to five, very, uh, very close. And that was an overtime, right? It was an overtime. And, and like I told you, Mike, before that night, you and I had talked that Colorado was going to have a response. They weren't going to mm. go out quiet. And they, they, they exploded. And they, they got their sixth spot on the best goaltender in the league. So, um, you know, you got to credit them. They played a tough series. You know, I, I think a, a three to one series score isn't indicative really of how close it is again two one nothing wins and then that six five overtime loss Colorado was right there in every game pretty much and um you know the resilience from the heat to to get to this point now against Chicago in the Western Conference Finals four wins away from fighting for the Calder Cup is, is something very special to be a part of and we're in the best of seven now right Mark yeah, so it's a really unique playoff format, Mike, and it's something I've never seen in all my years of watching hockey as a fan or as a professional. 23 out of 31 teams made the bracket this year. Uh, basically, the bottom two teams in every division were eliminated from playoff contention. The Pacific Division's nine teams deep, so seven teams made the bracket. Um, so the first round, if you had to play in, it was a best of three. The Heat placed out of that and got a bye. Rounds two and three were best of fives. Round uh, four and five our best of seven. So right. this round in the finals are going to be a best of seven. It's going to, going to be amazing. Mark Benetti, the voice of the Stockton Heat. Mark, real quick, uh, puck drops 5 p.m. today, a.m. 1280, Fox Sports, right? Yep. And uh, it's against Chicago. Uh, you know, Mike, there's some really interesting bad blood between these teams, which is odd to say because they've never played each other head-to-head ever in, in either team's history. But on the last day of the regular season, the Heat were number one in the AHL had a chance to claim it's the regular season, season championship and, Washington and with Chicago leapfrogged them on the last day. Republican John Ellis, and as a small business and, leader, uh, taxpayer, it was absolutely and parent, incredible. I know what working California families go through because of dangerous... Mark, thanks so much, my friend. Catch at 5 o'clock. Politicians think they can get re-elected... Yep, you got it. Thanks so much. The show you love with even more local, local news and more local Don't. talk. The Voice of the Valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KNB.
Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to hour number two of the Mike Douglas Show on What's On Your Mind Friday. Our phone number 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. Friday is the day that we open the phones. If there are issues that we haven't talked about that you'd like to talk about, Friday's your day. Or if there are topics we've discussed and you'd like to weigh in on them, whether it's candidates that spoke to us this week or other issues. Again, Friday's your day. It's what's on your mind Friday, 209-551-3483. Covered quite a few topics today, including uh, arming uh, teachers or volunteers at schools. And we even had some time to talk to Mark Benetti about the Stockton Heat and the game today that uh, starts at 5 p.m. On AM 1280 on Fox Sports, our sister station there. All right, let's go back to the phones. John from Brentwood has been patiently waiting for quite a while now. John, welcome to the show today. What's on your mind? Hey, real quick, first, congratulations to the Stockton Heat on a great year. I've been a hockey fan since I was a kid. I remember the late 60s, sitting in my room, listening to Marv Albert call the New York Ranger game. So I've been a hockey fan forever. And the teachers thing with the guns for most of the states, I do not see them allowing armed anybody in schools unless the gun is locked up or unless the gun is in possession of someone involved with law enforcement. Just because I could hear the arguments of too many things happening, the teacher for, you know, the, the gun acts maybe being put down and forgotten about, somebody taking the gun from wherever it is. I, I just don't see it without it being locked up. I see a lot of pushback on that. And then real quick before I hang up, in case anyone has gotten too comfortable with all the stuff going on, Alameda County is back with the indoor mask mandate for the whole entire county. So here we go again. Clownifornia and its lunacy is just never ending. Is that right? Alameda County back with the mask mandate. What, is that in effect now, yep. John? Yes, I believe it went in effect um, last night, last oh night or this goodness. morning, and it is for the whole entire county. So oh, California God. is just is just out there. It's just it's it's never going to stop. It uh, will for most of the country. I can figure there's going to be eight or ten states that it's just going to be forever. I uh, I agree with you, John. I think uh, you know there may be some states, Ohio, uh, Florida, Texas. That, that may hold the line, but uh, especially here in California, I think, John, we come back to that emergency declaration that Governor Newsom is still hanging on to. I think they're going to pull that ace uh, out of the deck and play it as soon as they can. So I'm not happy to hear about Alameda County, but I, I think as uh, the cases continue to arise, we're going to see that. Hey, John, thanks for your call. Have a great weekend. Appreciate you checking in. You too, Mike. All right. John from Brentwood on What's on Your Mind Friday, our number 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Loretta from Modesto. What's on your mind today, Loretta? First of all, congratulations for yesterday with you and your wife. What <laughs> I'm you. mainly calling about is two entirely different things. Did you know Salvation Army out of McHenry had a big fire? Yeah, in fact, we uh, yeah we broke that on the new on our on our show yesterday. The former semi uh, florist 
Uh, Lori talked to uh, the owners who actually own the building, and apparently the warehouse part of it, Loretta, is done. I mean, it, it was decimated. Uh, there is, um, uh, I think they said there may be some smoke damage to the front of the building where a lot of the products were. But, yeah, sorry to sorry to hear that. Uh, again, our, our condolences to the Salvation Army. They're such a great asset in our city. Then the other thing is, do you know what's happening next Thursday night? What is happening next Thursday night? Do you ever come to Grisada Park for the musical? Uh, no, my evenings, uh, sad to say, Loretta, are, are working times for me. But tell us about it. What's happening? I was told that it's in the newspaper because we have it in the summertime. Anyone that plays apparently any kind of an instrument can get in the band. Is that, and it's been here apparently for years. Is, is that the Mo Band? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Very. Thank you very much. Yeah. Very. Uh, yeah, I, very well known uh, band and good musicians. I, in fact, I, I know a few. Um, again, I wish I, I played French horn in community bands for a long time, Loretta. With all the hats I'm wearing right now, my day doesn't end till about two, three in the morning, many nights. So. Uh, regretfully, I can't do that anymore. But thank you for that reminder. It's a great, great time. And uh, so I, I hope you get to go, and, and many other folks do as well, to enjoy the music. Thank you, sir. All right, Loretta, thanks for calling. It is What's on Your Mind Friday here on the Mike Douglas Show, 209-551-3483. Let's go up the road a piece to Oakdale. And Kathleen, what's on your mind today, Kathleen? on my mind what President Biden said on Monday, the difference between a 22 caliber bullet and a 9mm bullet, and that the uh, uh, 9mm bullet blows the lung out of the body, whereas the 22 caliber bullet, and he was quoting a trauma surgeon uh, uh, like a, more than 20 years ago, I believe, a trauma surgeon said that to him, and that the uh, 22 caliber bullet um, will lodge in the lung and that they can probably get it out. I would just like to say that, uh, so an application, how I think about that, and by the way, I'm not a gun owner, but I would like to be, and um, I um, uh, would only uh, pursue actually being a gun owner if I could uh, be dressed and groomed for that purpose, and I just can't uh, work that in right now, so I'm not pursuing that, but... um, so I'm speaking without uh, good uh, knowledge about uh, gun ownership, and I think that we all have to desensitize ourselves as adults. The adults have to desensitize themselves about this, uh, about the uh, dressing and grooming to be a gun owner, and uh, actually utilizing the right to bear arms. And uh, so anyway, this nine millimeter bullet, and uh, I guess it's the AR-15. Uh, the automatic rifle, that is uh, the rifle of choice, if you know, uh, for the gun owner, for the right to bear arms and to use to um, uh, uh, defend, uh, to provide security against an assailant. And the reason why that's the choice is because the, uh, uh, the, the assailant has a psychological need. And to know that the, psych- the assailant has to have a psychological 
they have to know that they are going to be somewhat successful at something about what they are attempting attempting as an assailant. And uh, that nine uh, millimeter bullet just and the a- AR uh, 50, the uh, automatic rifle that just puts uh, puts it all that there's not going to be any success on the part of the assailant. Well, and, and, and um, Kathleen, I think I think uh, a point you're bringing up is highly important. I've got to run here, Kathleen, but thanks for your call. I think one of the points you bring up, and, and by the way, thank you for your statement about not obtaining a weapon, a gun, unless you're well-trained. Uh, I'm using my words there. Uh, you, you hit a great point point there. And uh, as you said, the president totally, no pun intended, but missed the mark here. Uh, By the way, Kathleen, it brings to mind uh, a piece that Michael Reagan, uh, the son of Ronald Reagan, uh, wrote, I think it's in an article that came out today in the Patriot Post. He reminds people that someone almost killed his dad, Ronald Reagan, with a twenty-two pistol. Joe Biden has absolutely no idea what he's what he's talking about. Absolutely no idea. And uh, Kathleen, uh, I applaud you for your your self discipline there, not to obtain a gun until you're properly trained for it. I recommend that, and not only recommend getting trained on the weapons and in self defense but also maintaining regular training, absolutely important. All right, we're going to continue with what's on your mind Friday. Uh, In three minutes, we'll hear from Mike from Manteca. Again, coming up in three minutes on what's on your mind Friday on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show on air and online. Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show on What's on Your Mind Friday, where we take up topics that uh, are on your mind, maybe things we haven't talked about the past week, or if you didn't get to uh, weigh in on some of the subjects we did talk about, today's the day. Our phone number here, 209-551-3483 on What's on Your Mind Friday on the Mike Douglas Show. All right, let's go back to the phones. Again, 209-551-3483. And let's go up the road a piece to Manteca and Mike. Hi, Mike. Welcome. What's on your mind today? Hi, yeah, thanks for taking my call. I'm a, I'm a regular listener, and I get to call in quite a bit. It's kind of a thrill for me to uh, get to talk to you again. And for the last few days, with all the political stuff that's going on, the shooting and all that, I wanted to call in and just give something positive, you know. And, uh, and I was thinking of something that when you get involved with the politics and all that, that I tell my wife, and I've told my wife every time, she may get discouraged about, uh, you know, when when it was getting near the time when uh, we it looked like Biden was going to win the election. We kind of knew what was coming when that was going to happen. Is I always told her we 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 had to have Carter to get Reagan, and so I just wanted mm. to share that with the group that uh, you know just think about that. We had to have Carter to get Reagan, and that's all I really had to say about that today. Mike, you you make a very astute observation. You folks in Manteca, very bright, very, very good observation that you made. And that is sometimes in order for 
uh, righteous and clear-thinking people to uh, get motivated, and for actually uh, people who are on the opposing side to wake up and and smell the roses. Sometimes we have to hit the wall, and and you find that Mike is very interesting. And I'm, I'm going to put my pastor's hat on here for a moment. When you're dealing with with people, and you may know this, who are who need recovery if they're dealing with addictions. Usually, they're they're not going to participate in the solution until they hit the wall. And I think that principle maybe applies here, Mike. I think you're exactly right. Maybe as a culture, as a a nation, we really need to hit the wall to wake us up to see what's really going on so that we can respond in an appropriate way. You use Jimmy Carter uh, as an example there and and, uh, as an antithesis to that, Ronald Reagan. Uh, I, I like your thesis, Mike. And the other thing I like is that the way you look at the glass half full. Appreciate that word today, Mike. Thank you. Uh, and, that, and and we can work on ourselves. You know, if if we work on ourselves and we 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 keep our attitudes up and we fight the good fight, and, which is a very good song by Triumph. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> is uh, is that we can endure. You know, we can endure this this storm because you know uh, my mother always told me we always just get the next thing right. So prepare yourself. You know, put your mask on first so that you can breathe. Then you can help the person next to you. So all you ever get is the next thing. So just deal with the next thing, and good things will come. People will 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 endure. We will prosper. We will survive. That that is our nature. That's history. History repeats itself. It does. My mother also said every 30 years is about how long it takes for history to repeat itself. Maybe the cycle is just taking a little bit longer this time. But uh, good things are on the horizon. I really believe that. I uh, I was thinking about that this morning. Mike from Manteca. Great words, great wisdom today, my friend. Thanks so much for sharing those with us today. Mike from Manteca. And Mike, I was just thinking this morning. I don't know why, but this morning, d- despite President Biden yesterday, despite you know the Uvalde tragedy and despite all the yuckiness, that's a theological term, yuckiness that's swirling around us. For some reason this morning, as I'm on the road sitting for 15 minutes on River Road at a construction stop trying to get to my doctor's appointment, it occurred to me, why am I feeling up today? And it wasn't the coffee, uh, my friends. I hadn't had my eighth cup of coffee yet. And, and I'm thinking, you know, I, it's just, sometimes God slaps me upside the head and said, remember who's in charge. And you do your part. A great friend of mine, a wonderful, uh, uh, he's been a counselor and therapist in the Turlock area for a long, long time. He's also a pastor and really has been a pastor to many of us who are pastors, Dr. Michael Wright. Uh, He often gives us the principle and gives the encouragement, just take the next step forward. And, Mike, I think your comments bring me back to that. Sometimes we can be overwhelmed by the mountain or the challenge or the obstacle that's in front of us. And I agree with uh, my friend Dr. Michael Wright. Just take the next step forward. And then the next step 
after that. We don't have to eat the whole elephant in one bite, so to speak, to take that uh, to take that metaphor. So, uh, Mike, you got me pumped up there, and it, it it makes sense why I felt that way today, and and you have reaffirmed that in me today. So, uh, thank you, uh, thank you so much for that. We were talking about another Mike a few moments ago, Michael Reagan, the son of uh, Ronald Reagan. Uh, He wrote a piece today in the Patriot Post. He says, what we've seen over and over again in these mass shootings is that everyone's waiting for someone else to do the right things, but then no one does the right things. Went on to say that uh, he uh, said Biden wants to ban high-caliber 9mm handguns like Glocks, which are used by most police forces and security guards who protect him 24-7 because he thinks no one needs a gun for protection that is so powerful that, quote, it can blow the lung out of a body. Michael Reagan says, just to let the president know, it was a 22 that almost killed my dad. Said many assassins use a 22 because when the smaller bullet enters your body, it bounces off your ball, uh, off your bones like a ping pong ball, and causes greater internal damage. It says no one expects Biden to know what he's talking about when he talks about guns. And the dishonest major media are too much on the gun control team to discuss other sensible, doing, doable ways of preventing future school shootings. And he ends by saying, "Please don't wait for the government, the school principal, or anyone else." to red flag your child as a threat to themselves or others, do the right thing and throw the flag yourself. So Michael Reagan, I think, giving us some wise counsel there. And this, how many times have we heard this where tragedies have occurred and and they talk to the families or the uh, parents or siblings or spouses of the suspects well, yeah, we, we noticed this, we noticed that, and nobody, you know, threw the red flag. And I think that's Michael Reagan's point there, and that just in my mind relates to Mike from Manteca, what he was just talking about, in terms of let, let's look at what we need to do, what we need to do to take the next positive step forward. We don't need to resolve the whole issue in one bite, but we do need to be logical about taking the next step and not to be overcome and defeated by the obstacles in front of us. I think that's easy to do as we look at, really, one-party rule here in California, as we look at an administration that is tanking the country right now. I do believe there is hope. I think Mike is probably right. Like the Carter era, this may lead to a wonderful new era for the United States of America. But as he says, we need to stay engaged, stay in the game, and uh, keep pursuing what we need to do. All right, back in five minutes on What's on Your Mind Friday on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Again, back in five minutes. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show on What's On Your Mind Friday. Our phone number 209-551-3483. Friday's our day. If you'd like to talk about a topic we haven't discussed this week, or if you'd like to comment 
on a topic that we did take about, uh, talk about. Why today's the day? Our number here on What's on Your Mind Friday two zero nine five five one three four eight three. And uh, Kathleen from Oakdale, one of our favorite cities, has a postscript to her earlier call. Kathleen, what else is on your mind today? Well, that uh, 9mm and the uh, semi-automatic rifle, uh, they take away the uh, psychological need of the assailant. And I think that we need that same thing going on, uh, taking away the psychological need of uh, the, uh, the people who exploit human fight and invade Ukraine. And I think that that's what our um, uh, peace talks need to get back to. But our arms talks between countries, uh, NATO, and even between NATO and Russia and the United States and Russia and uh, United States and NATO even, we all need to be talking about uh, taking away the psychological need of uh, people who exploit the human fight. And I guess that, you know, would be the, the Taliban, uh, UFC warriors. And uh, uh, so these things, we need to talk about taking away their psychological need. And uh, so that 9 millimeter. what is the 9 millimeter and the semi-automatic rifle uh, in terms of uh, military offense? Mm. Uh, that- and I think that Russia... Uh, is trying to get that for themselves by invading Ukraine, and that's not going to work, and that's not the way to go about, um, uh, you know, taking away psychological needs. That's feeding into the psychological needs of people like the Taliban. Kathleen, I I think that's thanks for the call. I, I think you've drawn a great parallel. They're very good. Uh, Kathleen's saying, well, you know, we're talking about uh, the deterrent deterrent factor of nine millimeters or 22s, whatever it might be, the deterrent factor for uh, potential suspects. If they know that there's going to be resistance, you know, will they attempt the crime? And Kathleen is drawing that parallel to uh, the issue in Ukraine. What deterrent do we have for Russia? And... uh, Remember the old saw of mutually assured destruction? Well, I'm not sure today, as Russia looks at our president today, I'm not sure that they think he'd be willing to pull the trigger if he was cognizant, and I'm not being unkind here, I'm being real, if he was cognizant of the fact that we might need to pull the trigger. I have zero confidence in him. I have zero confidence in his advisors. I have zero confidence in his military team. And you say, well, why? Why, Mike? Well, look back at the withdrawal from Afghanistan. That's all we need to see. So, Kathleen, I think you have a good point. Also brings up an item that I I saw today uh, that apparently the report is Vladimir Putin has cancer. Apparently there's a recent U.S. intelligent report that confirms the rumors that Russian President Vladimir Putin not in good health. Apparently he underwent treatment for an uh, advanced cancer in April and they also say, I didn't hear about this, did you, that there was an, ass, uh, an assassination attempt in March? Um, the Patriot Post has this quote, Putin's grip on power is strong but no longer absolute, according to the intel report they received. The jockeying inside the Kremlin has never been more intense during his rule. Everyone sensing that the end is near. Apparently, an officer from the Director of National Intelligence 
noted that clarity as to the details surrounding the situation in Moscow has gotten much more difficult following the invasion of Ukraine. Uh, The quote is, one source of our best intelligence, which is in contact with outsiders, largely dried up as a result of the Ukraine war. Putin has had few meetings with foreign leaders. His isolation has thus increased levels of speculation. And uh, the source is saying Putin is definitely sick. Whether he's going to die soon is mere speculation. Still, we shouldn't rest assured. He's still dangerous and chaos does lie ahead. If he does die, we need to focus on that. Be ready. Again, that according to a, a post today on the uh, Patriot Post. So Kathleen, I think you made a uh, a very intelligent connection there between our discussion about deterrence, whether it's at schools, whether it's uh, uh, in the United States of America, or whether it's in the Ukraine. What type of dis, uh, deterrence is there to give the righteous people, a psychological advantage anyway, over the opposition. Great point. Again, it is What's on Your Mind Friday here on the Mike Douglas Show, our number 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. And just a reminder, uh, Mark Benetti, the voice of the Stockton Heat, with us earlier today. Remember that the best of seven starts tonight uh, with the Stockton Heat and Chicago. It starts at 5 p.m. when the puck drops on Fox Sports AM 1280. Again, Mark Benetti calling the action on our sister station there. Did you know today, <clears throat> lighten things up just a little bit to go with the coffee I have next to me here, Because you know, as long as the coffee holds out, the show goes on, which is important here on the Mike Douglas Show. Uh, Today is National Donut Day. Did you know that? Apparently, some chains like Krispy Kreme and and Duck Donuts are giving away freebies. Others like Dunkin' Donuts. uh, Apparently, you have to buy a drink to receive a complimentary donut. Uh, They're telling us that the U.S. consumes more than 10 billion, with a B, donuts per year. That's according to the Simmons National Consumer Survey. 96% of Americans report they enjoy munching on a donut. They have a fun fact here. This is interesting. The annual event, National Donut Day, was started by the Salvation Army in Chicago in 1938 to honor their members who served donuts to the soldiers during World War I. How about that? So National Donut Day dates back to 1938. I don't really eat a lot of donuts. I, I have maybe six or seven a year, and they're usually at some type of a church event or a social event where I may have one. I have to be careful about sugary things that I consume. So I'm very my my favorite. What's your favorite kind of donut? My favorite when I do consume them. It sounds like what was the commercial? What what's the guy? The most famous guy in the world or whatever? You know, when I eat donuts, the donut I eat is. Uh, I like the the French crullers. Is that what you call them? They're uh, kind of fluffy on the inside, and uh, glazed is fine. Chocolate again. I have to watch that very carefully. But the French cruller is my my favorite. 
And, you know, the, there's this old thing about cops and donuts. Let me, uh, let me just tell you, when I was pushing a patrol car a long time ago, we used, to, uh, we used to gather during our break, and at that time it was Foster's Donut or, or Winchell's. It would be maybe 2 o'clock in the, in the morning, 2.30 in the morning, kind of a bedroom community where I started out, <clears throat> and uh, nothing much happening, no calls for service, very quiet. And you'd meet uh, you know, the guy next to you or the go- a gal next to you in, in your beat, and we would go behind the donut shop there, not to eat donuts, but because it's like the one place you could find 24-hour coffee. It was an issue of where the coffee was. And uh, they would let us use their restrooms as well, which is important if you were a long way from a restroom. Anyway, uh, so we never really consumed many donuts when I was on patrol. And, and of course, there, there were the, the health guys, you know, who lifted weights and, and were totally disgusting to me. They, they drank drinks filled with carrot juice. and uh, But anyway, then I'm not... Please, I know some of you, especially one of our callers in in Oakdale, you're you're very into health foods. I just never got into the carrot drinks or anything like that. But uh, that that to be said, so my favorite donut is the French Cruller, and uh, that's uh, when I consume them. Uh, that's uh, that's the one I like best. All right, Mike Douglas show on what's on your mind. Friday will continue in three minutes. Our number here, 209-551-3483. You've been watching Gas Prices. I have an update for you in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and online, take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show on What's on Your Mind Friday. Our phone number, 209 551 Three four eight three two zero nine five five one three four eight three. A couple of minutes ago, Kathleen made an astute observation uh, regarding uh, deterrence and uh, what deterrence, what psychological advantage are we setting up in Ukraine for Russia? And uh, my wife of thirty-two years. By the way, we uh, celebrated our thirty-second anniversary yesterday at uh, dinner at the fruit yard in uh, in Modesto. Uh, well, it's actually not. It's outside Modesto, but it's a great, great place. If I have time, I'll tell you a story about that. Anyway, uh, when my wife sends me a message, and I've learned this over 32 years, I pay attention. And so I'm looking at this message. Her observation is that when when the invasion of Ukraine began, remember we heard that the Ukrainian citizens were being armed. They were being armed. She makes the observation, my wife does, that our President Biden is continuing to arm Ukraine with resources he's sending, but he wants to disarm our own country. Hmm, interesting observation. Go figure. Uh, Astute observation, uh, actually. Uh, By the way, have you been... Let me continue this story. I can can fit this in very quickly. Uh, A story about the fruit yard. Uh, when we arrived in this area, in the Central Valley, and that was, uh, what, 26, 27 years ago, w- one of our earliest anniversaries we spent at the fruit yard uh, out there on uh, on Yosemite and, and Albers. 
And there was, uh, my, my wife has this wonderful tradition. She brings the vows that we said to each other at a wedding. She brings copies of those. So every year after dinner, we recite our vows wherever we are. Uh, kind of a, a re-upping, so to speak, of our of our marriage vows. But anyway, at the fruit yard at the time, they didn't have the fence up around the lake that there is now. And you know, there's a lot of waterfowl there. And at the time, there was a very foul fowl, a, gro- a goose by the name of King. King hated me. I never did anything to King. But the first time we were out there, we were out by the lake, and we were trying to recite our vows— and this big, humongous goose on steroids named King takes out after me. And I'm running around the parking lot with this goose trying to, what do they, peck you to death or something. Yeah, he, he was after, did not like me, didn't want me on the property. And so every year we try to, uh, those years when we were in town, we'd, we'd go to the fruit yard there and, and try to recite our, recite our vows, and there was King again, the uh, steroidal goose uh, coming after me. I, I have no idea what I did to him, but he didn't like me. But it's very interesting. One year we went, and King wasn't there. I'm, I'm assuming he was not on the menu. But anyway, King disappeared, uh, which is good, because now we can recite our vows uh, unthreatened by King the Goose on steroids. Uh, talking about steroids, uh, the gas pumps have been on steroids, right? Gas prices in California still remain the highest among the 50 states uh, quite a bit. Uh, unleaded roads yesterday to 6.21. It's up three cents today to average of 6.24 in California today. And uh, the next up states uh, with the highest regular averages are uh, Hawaii. And, uh, well, let's see, who has the cheapest? Georgia has the uh, has the cheapest gas. So nationally, uh, today, the uh, national average is 476 a gallon. Here in California, it's 624 a gallon. Again, importance of voting on June 7 and on November 8. We must replace the decision makers today. They're absolutely tanking the state and the nation as well. There's evidence of that. Now it's not just theory. A quick look at some of the counties around here. Uh, just very quickly, Mariposa at 630, Tuolumne 608, Stanislaus County 614, Merced 619, San Joaquin, you're at 620, Calaveras 624, Contra Costa County uh, 634, Santa Clara 638, Alameda County, where uh, we heard today they're now requiring masks. Here we go again. Uh, 6.39 a gallon in Alameda. Mono County still, I believe, has the lead. Almost $7 a gallon. 6.96 a gallon. Can you believe that? Talking about why it's important to vote. John Legend. I, I think John Legend is an amazing musician. I think he's ultra-talented. Don't much like his politics, but I I think he's a great musician. Anyway, uh, he has endorsed, according to the L.A. Times, he's put his money behind at least 25 candidates in multiple states, including three who are running in California. Get this. 
one of the people that he's supporting, John Legend, he's supporting in California, D.A. Chase of Bodine, the district attorney of San Francisco. So you get John Legend's perspective there, and uh, I'm, I'm just saying this underscores how important it is for us to vote, vote intelligently, coming up on June 7. That's coming up this Tuesday. By the way, we'll have the Mike Douglas Show from 3 to 5 as normal, and we'll be back Tuesday night with an election special from 7 to 9 p.m. And Richard Pombo will be joining us in addition to some other folks as well. It'll be a great time again on Tuesday Uh, Mike Douglas show 3 to 5 p.m. And then we'll be back with special election coverage from 7 to 9 p.m. And don't forget, coming up in a couple of minutes, Stockton Heat, Fox Sports AM 1280. Puck drops soon. Thanks for joining us today. Have a wonderful weekend uh, from all of us here on the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Have a blessed weekend. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.